You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. podcast guys welcome back to cousin one podcast today we're talking parental syndrome with crystal okay i got ken folk from college on the line and yes, we are indeed. chop it up welcome 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 thank you thank you for having me of course of course we're going to talk about her podcast we're going to talk about her show um where you can find her show and then we're going to get into parental syndrome so welcome to cozy Moon podcast this is a show where we talk about everything um parent-like kid-like and surviving your kids and sometimes <laughs> sometimes um kid-like mannerisms can be found in adults unfortunately so welcome thank you I'm so, <laughs> I'm so excited I'm glad to be finally working with you again not for a grade right not not a group project <laughs> but we're here this is a project but it's a good I want to do this project right exactly so we're good. So tell us a bit about your show and uh, what, what you have planned for it and how's it going so far with the episodes. All right. Well, um, my podcast is called the Grown A Folk Podcast. Okay. I, don't, I don't want to say the actual cuss word because I know I we're on Cozy Womb. We know what it is. Right. <laughs> and um, that is folk without an S. So um, I went a little Southern with it, but um, the podcast is about relationships and it's basically a safe space for people to come and discuss unpopular opinions, mm -hmm. um, things that they didn't know they didn't know um, about all different types of relationships, not just romantic, but friendships, right. relationships with your family um, and just how we interact with each, with each other. Mm -hmm. And how we can be more cognizant of some of the unhealthy or toxic things that we might do in relationships that we don't see um, that we're doing. And so it's been really, really fun for me so far. You can find it um, anywhere that you, your favorite place to listen to podcasts. So I'm on Anchor. I'm on Apple. Mm -hmm. um, all of them. All the good ones. Spotify. And uh, so far... Uh, we are, we're, we're a new podcast so far. I'm about six episodes deep mm -hmm. and we've discussed everything from 
um, the way that sometimes we can see ourselves and see little nuances and characters and movies yeah. and how those relationships evolve and, and what happens there that we can learn from or see in ourselves mm. um, all the way down to, you know, maybe your friend's a hater and you don't realize it. Boy, a lot of those. <laughs> exactly. So we've been having fun so far. So I hope uh, everybody comes to give me a listen. It's It's been fun to do. And it was a challenge to myself. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of proud of myself because I kind of overcame a lot of fears to be able to do it. So, yes, yeah, that's all it is. And most of the time when you start podcasting, it's you overthinking it. Yeah, because absolutely. It's regular totally stuff that people want to hear um, coming from your perspective. And you never know that your perspective is different from the rest where you'll think like, oh, somebody already talked about that, but not from your point of view. Exactly. And what what I'm finding out is that I have some very unpopular opinions. <laughs> I mean, I, I take great joy in that because mm-hmm. I'm kind of, I'm an out of the you know, box thinker. So yeah. for me to know that I think about things a little bit differently than everything, everybody else brings me great joy. But I found out that, yeah, some of the things that I think are um, not, uh, not the general public. Not but the that's what public. I like because <laughs> I hate this illusion of, you know, everybody thinks this and everybody thinks that, and that's the wrong way to do that. No, it's not. That might yeah. not be your way of doing it, but I always cling to the people in the pod world that have unpopular opinion. Um, there's a podcast called Ron Uncut and um, it got Akeem on there with two other people where they share perspective mm-hmm. from like the alpha man um, point of view and women today and how men are not showing up in the way that they should. And a lot of points of view that Akeem has, a lot of people hate to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> but it makes logical sense. Yeah. So, um, I welcome people with unpopular opinions on things. I, I feel like that's what we need in order to think outside of ourselves because a lot of yeah. people like their way is the only way and that's not true. So I welcome yeah. that stuff, okay? And yeah. have you been on a clubhouse? I have been on a clubhouse. The, the thing with me is that I am no social butterfly. Mm-hmm. So for me to get on there and, you know, make a room or talk, mm-hmm. um, it is still daunting for me. Yeah. Um, but my husband has challenged me okay. for the spring to get on to Clubhouse and um, and to also get on to um, the other one, Stereo. Mm-hmm. And just act stupid and see what happens. (laughs) You know what? It's a lot of rooms. The reason why I brought that up is because your podcast is um, relationship formatted, right? And there's a lot of rooms on there with topics like um, Black men don't deserve or um, women today are this. Or it's just very like, this is my point and this is what I'm going to title the room. And some of yeah. the rooms you can have a healthy discussion on topics mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. some of the other rooms, there's no organization and it gets, it gets yeah. lost. But I like to see, get like a feel of like what is on people's minds and what they're thinking. Some of it is really sad 
as to what topics the rooms are but some yeah. of the rooms are like you know Sunday nights especially like they'll play music all the way through so it's kind of like having a live DJ with you as you clean your house oh and, that's what's um, up some have like jazz rooms in the morning it's really really good for networking so like if you mm-hmm. want to um talk to like uh, executives or uh, people that's talking about manifestation or um, people that's really giving you a space to just market what you're doing. If you have a mm-hmm. show, if you have a brand, if you're offering any type of services, if you're looking for content creators or help with anything, graphics, it's like a room with all these people that are within voice reach. You, mm-hmm. you can tap in y'all can sh- exchange information so it's like a, a voice version of LinkedIn yeah and I you are not the first person to tell me that my um my best friend she just graduated she has her PhD and so that's what she's like in networking mode like hardcore mm-hmm. and she was telling me that and I don't know I maybe I'm not on at the right time because you know I'm on west coast time but mm-hmm. I have to dig a little deeper because I haven't been finding any of the good stuff like all the stuff I've been coming across is like the trash of the app mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I have to give it a little bit more more time and investigation because I've had you know multiple people have told me that there are really some gems on there especially like for content mining and like finding ideas for topics for the Mm -hmm. podcast and stuff so yeah I gotta get up off my tush on that one yes yes I I would say that and stereo is kind of like hit or miss um some people come on there and they don't have a topic and they'll wait for somebody to come up with a great topic and then wait for a different day and they'll steal it <clears throat> so what mm-hmm. I try to do with stereo is put up my full topic idea at like the last hour before I get on that way it's like fresh opinions um people get like a good show and yeah um that's what I really like about stereo it's like a live radio show that you can um basically move in you know have your way so that's yeah Mm -hmm. that's what I like about it too but I mean you are basically the only person that I listen to on there like I'm (laughs) always like I get the notifications yes I appreciate it I appreciate (laughs) it I um I try to get on there and listen to other people's shows but I am like first of all I'm training from home Monday through Friday Mm. at this desk from 7 a.m. to 4.30. And then if I do, OT, oh, yeah. I'm still here. I'm thinking about doing some OT tonight. Um, and then on the weekends, it's like filling in everything I can't do during the week. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. girls. And then today I did like some gardening. So I'm like tired and I'm just like, I really don't want to do overtime. But it's Monday. I could get it in because I'm really not doing anything. So it's really balancing the time. So Wednesday yeah. nights I do stereo, uh, Thursday nights I do stereo, and Saturday nights I do stereo, and sometimes Sunday if somebody wants to do a show with me. So I'm always looking yeah. to do a show. So just let me know, and I can. Uh, yeah, maybe we get to one together. That'd be cool. Yes, you know we can um, pick topics before. I like to have my topics before so I can make my points. Sometimes yeah, yes, absolutely style it, but I've had shows that are like an hour. I have shows with people, complete strangers that are like four hours. And I'm just like, what are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, I was there for one of those. Uh, yes! I forget the guy's name, but like 
when y'all got to talking about ordering at Jamaican restaurants, I was like, Oh, okay, you was, you was on there with Sage. Things. Yes. Yes. That was a good one. And it would have been longer if you didn't have to go somewhere, but yeah, that was really good. That was really good. But um, tell these people, um, are, are you doing the show specific days or you do, do you just randomly post for the show? So at first I was doing on Sundays, mm-hmm. but um, the way my Sundays are set up, but like I, between meal prepping and trying oh, to make sure prep. that I got my spirit right for Monday, Sunday just didn't spirit. work out. Yes. Yeah, so now um, we're doing every Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I usually post around 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. We are um, once a month because my my I have an episode called Nina Smokes. Mm-hmm. And it's about the fact that um, in Love Jones, Nina starts to smoke about halfway through the movie mm-hmm. uh, as influenced by Darius. And so I've had that was like the most feedback I've gotten Um you know about an episode and so Hmm. now once a month I'm gonna do a week oh like a week-long thing where Hmm. I talk about a movie on that Monday and then the other six days of the week we're gonna take pieces from the movies and it'll be a topic for a podcast episode so Hmm. once one week a month I'm gonna have seven episodes for that week Um, but other than that it'll be when just Wednesdays that's interesting nobody's nobody's done that that I know of so that's good well thank you I the thing about it is is that um I I'm also a writer Mm -hmm. and so characters characterization and the different things that people do in movies and um the way that people react to those things or don't react a lot Mm -hmm. of times can, can say a lot um it's just very interesting to me and so a lot of people told me that my viewpoint on that and what I was able to pull from that was, you know, it was uh, interesting. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. And uh, the first one that we, the first week, the first themed week that we're going to do is going to be based off of Malcolm and Marie, the Netflix movie. I haven't watched that yet. No. I liked it. A lot of people didn't, but I, I did like it. It's like a Black film noir mm-hmm. type deal. And I, I really did like it, but there's a lot of deep stuff in there that if you can pinpoint it, mm-hmm. you got about a good five podcasts. Man, episodes. that that <laughs> first week when it came out, there were so many rooms on Clubhouse about that movie and they were picking out all the toxic um, things and people were mm-hmm. reflecting on how they were in relationships and did those type of things come up and dependability and um, guilt tripping on people mm-hmm. to take advantage and all of that so yeah it was really good it was really good I need to watch it I need to stop stalling you and watch should it. <laughs> so um all right so that's the show so let's let's squeeze into this topic here okay. you brought up right. something um when we were speaking and you said something about parental syndrome now when I googled it a lot of parental alienation came up mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if that's along the lines of what you're talking about, but that, that was just touching on like things that a parent uses to foster like kids rejection of the other parent, kind of mm-hmm. like um, using a child against the other parent to get them mm-hmm. back for something or make them feel bad. What is parental syndrome in your mind? 
So for me, parental syndrome is when you have parents who play, they play their own childhood mm-hmm. or their own shortcomings out on their children. Mm. So parental alienation syndrome, I have heard of that before. And it is something that happens in a lot of families, especially where, especially where there's a single parent or you watch a divorce happen. Mm. But in the instance that I was kind of thinking of, or that I think of when I say that is um, the fact that my parents used, they used the things that they never were able to do in their childhood Mm-hmm. to kind of make my brother and I either they either use it as a tool for guilt mm-hmm. or to get us to you know do what they wanted or as a cautionary tale that mm-hmm. sort of thing it's it it can be a very toxic behavior mm-hmm. but I feel like um like when I was younger my mother and my father were divorced I don't remember them ever having been together Okay. And so my mother, she had, she had no choice, but to take me with her to like family court when they were fighting for child support. Mm -hmm. And so I remembered all the heated arguments that they would have in the child, uh, in the family court, like with my father calling her names and things like that. And for me, that it did hurt me. And Mm -hmm. I did it did make me look at my father differently, but I still grew into essentially a daddy's girl. Mm-hmm. And so his excuse for that behavior was always, oh, you never saw what your mama did. She was always so composed in front of you. Mm-hmm. And that gave him that kind of in my child's mind, that was him taking accountability. But now as an adult, I can see that that is the antithesis blame. <laughs> blame. of accountability. Yeah. Exactly. So um, that is what I mean when I, when I say parental syndrome. It's like they feel like the things that they've gone through and the things that they've done are justifiable and you should learn from it all. Mm-hmm. When in actuality, from my parents' marriage, I learned what not to do. I think exactly. their marriage has made mine more successful because they wanted me to pull, they wanted to, me to pull all these cautionary tales, but I, I did, but just in a different way than what they intended. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I've seen this in multiple ways. One, it will be parents from a generation where they weren't allowed to choose what they wanted for careers and Mm -hmm. they're telling you I want you to go to college when in Mm -hmm. all actuality maybe what you want to do you don't necessarily have to go to college for I can say I'm the only one of my mom's children that went to college and my mom was really excited about me going to college and and for her I think the mental goal was like I want her to go to school so she can have a better life and be better than me. And school is going to make her great. When in all actuality, school doesn't make you great. Mm -hmm. It just gives you a whole bunch of debt. And Mm -hmm. I would say I have a lot of debt now because I thought, one, I was making my mom proud. Two, I was going about what I wanted um, as a career the right way. And three, I just wanted her to have something that her child pursued um completed and 
boom, mm-hmm. she got it. And so yeah. um, a lot, a majority of the percentage of me going to college was for my mom. Um, mm-hmm. Two years of college, I love. Two years of college, I hated. But I'm not a quitter, so I just, I finished it. Yeah. Um, another thing could be like if your parents have like a family business and they want their son or their daughter to take over the business and maybe that's not their son or their daughter's passion and they make you feel guilty for wanting something different. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's yeah. many ways that that does show up. And um, I, I think that uh, living vicariously through your children yes. has a certain level of innate toxicity. It's like, this is just, is it just starts off toxic. There's yeah. no, <laughs> there's no, it starts off at 100. Yeah. Um, my mother uh, was, when she divorced my father, she never married again. Mm-hmm. I have only seen her, I'm 37. I've seen her have maybe two boyfriends in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I told my mother at 19, hey, ma, my husband just proposed, we're getting married. 19. Her response was, yeah, 19, girl. It's, it'll be uh, 19 years this summer. Wow. Um, Congrats. And when I told her that I was getting married, her response was, well, why do you have to get married? Y'all already live together. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, Ew. and the thing about it is a lot of people can say that maybe that's just because you were 19 no she would have had the same reaction if I was 27 <laughs> yeah and I, I maybe that's more so of her failed marriage that she was like no to exactly. when in all actuality if a man wants to propose to a woman that they care about that they've already been living with that's a plus because there's a lot of men today that's been living with a woman for like 20 plus years and they don't mm-hmm. want to propose and they are exactly. living like they're married. So yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And I, for me, it was a stroke. It's been a struggle, especially since my father passed because mm-hmm. I've had to, I've had to reconcile like real truths about him. Mm-hmm. And then you have this thing of not wanting to speak ill of the dead. And like I said, my father, I'm a, I'm a daddy's girl. So yeah. I love my father to death, but he was good. He was good for me as a father, but as a husband or a boyfriend or a person in a relationship. He a, yeah. He was a jerk. So <laughs> it's just like having to you just have to reconcile those things in your head and you have to decide what of it you want to take with you, what of it is going to be a burden and what of it you're going to let go. Mm-hmm. And that can be really difficult, especially without therapy. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, um, I, and I, I do this because, you know, I'm a creative by heart and uh, mm-hmm. my kids watch me and they Mm -hmm. study me and they want to do what I can do and they want to know why their drawing is not as good as mine and Mm -hmm. they support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. 
Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know, how do I do this? And Anya even has like a podcast show and yeah I saw right and I'm just like you don't have to do this (laughs) but they're girls and they want to imitate and they want to duplicate and I'm I'm trying so hard not to say you know I'm artistic you need to draw and you need to paint and uh, you need to write you don't need to do anything you don't want to do. And I want their natural passions or whatever they love to come out when it's time. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be in their way of it because I do this or I am this because yes, those are my kids, but those are two separate individuals who have their own ideas, their own mm-hmm. outlook. And I don't want to get in their way of that as a parent, um, their dads don't get in their way of whatever it is that they want to do. But mm-hmm. what I do as a parent is I try my best to tell them the truth about all of the things that didn't work for me. All of the yeah. things that sound good, but aren't really good. And I tell them the downside to the things yeah. where they feel like, oh, this is cool. Da, 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 da well okay it is cool but this is the other side to that and I give I give them balance in everything I'm very honest with them um, if I'm watching something that might not be childlike and Anya sees mm-hmm. and she'll be like what is she doing I said oh girl that's cocaine mm-hmm. because yeah. I don't today's kids have too much ass access and I don't want her mm-hmm. ever to be in a surrounding where she sees that substance or she sees someone doing that and they tell her, oh, that's nothing but a flower, <laughs> you know, yeah, and exactly. she does something yeah. and she partakes. I want to put her up on anything that she sees or she observes. I want them to be um, prepared for every situation they walk into outside of my house. So I tell yeah. them stuff, but I'm not going to tell them, no, I don't want you to you know, drive with your friends because you're going to crash or this could happen or that can happen. Mm -hmm. Anything can happen. You could be riding with me and someone Mm -hmm. can T-bone us going to Walmart. Like anything can Mm -hmm. happen. I don't want them to be scared to live. And I think with parental syndrome, how you explain it, 
a lot of parents can make their children feel guilty for wanting to live Mm -hmm. um, their lives and um, guilty for wanting to try something different. Even for me coming from an island uh, Caribbean family where if they're in Jamaica, they assume if you live in America, you're well off. That's off tops, right? Mm -hmm. And then they assume like, if you come to America to work, do nursing or, yeah. or um, be someone's nanny. That way you can make a lot of money. There's so many other careers outside of that, that if mm-hmm. you say, I don't want to go to school for that. I don't want to do nursing. I don't want to take care of the elderly for money and paying my bills. I don't want to struggle. I don't want to clean anybody's house and not be able to be there for my kids um I want to choose this they look at you like you're crazy yeah yeah and and another side of that is even my mother is a part and not, not just genetically my mother is a part of the reason why I have such horrible anxiety mm. because her fears mm-hmm. became my fears and I grew up just like, for instance, and I, I don't know, I'm making my parents sound horrible. My, my parents were wonderful people. They just yes. have flaws. Everybody but has my, flaws. Yeah. My, my mother, when I was little, she would, you know, she would say like, if she took a Benadryl, she'd be like, oh, I, yeah, I took a bit, like say she took a Benadryl at 6 PM and then she forgets about that. And she takes another one at eight. She'll be like, oh, I, I took two Benadryls. I hope I don't die. And so me as a kid, I would stay up all night and look at her constantly to make sure she was breathing. Yeah. And it was just like kind of this one-off comment. And so now that I'm an adult living with generalized anxiety, Mm -hmm. she just does not understand. She's, I mean, she understands it and she kind of feels guilty because it has come up in conversation that, look, I'm like this because my childhood, I always, like my heart was always kind of like this and it was because everybody around me was just always on 10 that I had to kind of always be on alert Mm -hmm. and when you push things when you push things onto your children you are you're stifling their space to become who they are yes then what they do is they become in most cases the very worst version of you yes that there is And, um, like even with my nieces and nephews, I always tell them because they come to me because I'm 10 years younger than my brother. So I'm like the cool aunt who like listens to Dreamville. (laughs) So they always come to me and they say, oh, my parents don't understand this or they don't understand that. Mm -hmm. And I have to explain it to them from both kind of both sides of the coin, but I always let them know and reinforce that. Sometimes you are going to do things that your parents do not like and they do not understand. Mm-hmm. As long as this is not hurting you or hurting another person, putting you in jail or putting you on crack, then go for it. Do it. Follow your heart because your parents, they have their blinders on, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times, especially that generation, like those 70s babies. Mm-hmm. They have their blinders on where they they only see what they want to see, just like you say with Caribbean families of like you should go to nursing school. Mm-hmm. And like my sister-in-law, she was pushing my nephew to go to art school for drawing. And 
she pushed him to go to like one of those for-profit schools and I'm mm-hmm. just like look girl I've been there don't put this boy in debt when he could just go sign up for Fiverr yeah post some of his pictures yeah get you know get customers that way now they have so many different outlets so I just feel like um I feel like pushing that that parental agenda that gets pushed it just tur- it just turns your children into a version of yourself that you probably wouldn't even like <laughs> right. because it strips it of all of the good parts of you and just all you have left is a person who reflects your flaws right and i i already had that college conversation with anya it's so funny when she was like six she was like do, <laughs> she was like do i have to go to college i was like no I was right. like, I, if you want to go to college, you're not signing no loan papers. Mm-hmm. I'm not signing no loan papers for you to go to college. Make sure you do great academically in school. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever you think you wanted to go to school for, look for any grants and have somebody pay your way to go to college for free so you don't have to be in debt like me because mm-hmm. I'm still paying back school and um, my salary does not cover even for a year, the cost of what I need mm-hmm. to pay back. And um, it's no fun trying to adult, trying to mom, trying to um, be your own entrepreneur, knowing you owe someone money. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Um, You're starting off with calling that. Listen, that and if I knew what <laughs> I know now, if I was my mother, I would have told myself at 17, I'm proud of you. I'm happy that you're graduating college. I mean, high school. You do not have to go to college right now. You can work. Um, We can work on getting you a loan to start a business. Is there something Mm -hmm. you would like to do? That way Mm -hmm. you're accumulating money on a, and you're growing a business. And by now with Instagram, Facebook, the ability to have your own website, the ability to have a free website, Shopify, I probably could pay my way through college if I still wanted to go. And you could go to college at any age. At any time. But back then it was just so important. College was all over the TV. Uh, People were going to college. It was like the thing to do. What are you going to do after you go to school? Nobody was talking about, oh, I'm just going to work. People were like, I'm going to this school. I'm going to that school. I'm going to this school. I got accepted to this. It was like the only thing you could think of from like 10th grade all the way up to 12th mm-hmm. grade. And I thought that's what I was supposed to do. That's why I did it. And I wish I would have waited. Yeah. Yeah. And I had this, I mean, I had such a huge fear of failure at mm-hmm. that point in my life that I was just grasping for straws. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I wound up where we went to school because mm-hmm. I was just like, I have to, it's not that I, cause I love fashion. Mm-hmm. It is like my one true passion. I'm a creative mm-hmm. left brain thinker, but this particular school, I was just kind of like, well, I'm, I'm not going to make it. Um, if I go to Clark, I'm not going to make it. If I you know, go to Howard, I have mm-hmm. to go where I'll be accepted and where I know that I have some, some level of control over mm-hmm. my success and my failure it, it to me a lot of it was imposter syndrome where like yes. you like you know you feel like you you just don't deserve to be in any room that you're in mm-hmm. it took a long time for me to get out of that and a lot of that was 
going back to the kind of the way that I grew up. And it Mm -hmm. wasn't so much that the people in my life, the people that raised me were bad people or they, they weren't verbally abusive or physically abusive or anything like that. But my brother, like I said, he's much, much older than me and he was kind of a problem child. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, I kind of, I act more like a middle child than a Mm -hmm. youngest because I will fade into the background like uh like the lizard from Monsters Inc yeah like you never know I'm like I'm Homer Simpson in those bushes so quick that you won't even know (laughs) that I was there and when I when I got around to the age where I was going to college I just wanted to be in a place where I could say that I can excel here and Mm. I won't have to step outside of my comfort zone to do it and and I'm paying the price for that now Boy, um, are we? In such a major way. <laughs> in such a major way. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just like as a parent, I I will say like I do want my kids to be great, but I want them to be so within their own greatness. It's not even funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Someone asked me in the um episode, would I want my child to be successful and barely see them? throughout the year or would I want them to just be okay and work a okay job and I can see them a lot and I was like um I want them to be very successful and I barely see yeah. them because right. that's what all these years were for mm-hmm. all these years was that time with me now if you're going to be a whole adult and you're going to put all my teachings into practice I need you to go flourish and I'm I'm mm-hmm. not a parent that feels like I'm going to forever parent you until the casket drop no I mm-hmm. want to be available after my kids are like 25 I want to be available for them only when they need me mm-hmm. like you need some advice call me I'm probably on a boat yeah well, I'm probably not going to be on a boat because I don't want to be on a boat. I'm probably on a plane. I'm probably on a <laughs> desert somewhere, but I'll give you my best honest opinion, but you got this because you're not dumb. You're smart. I gave you all mm-hmm. your tools. You, you're you in good hands. Of course, I'm going to have some great friends that you can call before you could have to call me. And I don't want to hog their space. I don't want to hog their growth. I yeah. want to make them have that space and and be able to figure out their own challenges and today's parents is like oh my child shouldn't have to um think that hard or they shouldn't have to challenge and everybody's a winner and what happened to the trophy for fourth place and what happened to the trophy for seventh place oh they showed up they don't get anything the reality is no the reality (laughs) is this hey there people Hope you're enjoying the show. Don't forget to check out Cozy Womb Shop, okay? The link is in the bio. You can also reach the shop at www.whoisshan.com. On Cozy Womb Shop, my thing that I'm going for right now in the t-shirts is good colors, good fun colors for the kids, for mom, for dad, unisex, and some new masks and some new colors. And I'm, I'm focusing on spreading love and getting love, okay? So on there, find what you're into. I have stickers, I have hoodies, and I have mugs, okay? But we got to get into this new season of Cozy Moon Podcast while you enjoy your merch. Let's go. 
Back to the show. Back to the show. First place, second place, third place, and the rest of y'all, thank you for coming. Right. These these children are so coddled. And I I mean, it's crazy because my parents are coddling, or my mother now is coddling my nieces and nephews. Now, mind you, my oldest and even my husband's parents are doing the same thing. My mm. oldest niece and nephew are like 25. I have two that are 19. I have one that's 18. Wow. And these kids are getting more help than a little bit. And I'm yeah. like, wait a minute. Nobody held my hand at this point in my yeah. life. And so now when they call auntie, it's like, oh, you only call auntie if you got your stuff together because she's going to read you for filth. Yeah. And that that is just, I, I don't know how to be any other way. I don't know what your grandparents are doing and yeah. why all of a sudden they're like cotton candy softies. Yeah. But the, these kids are so coddled and you get, you know, you got these, like you said, participation trophies. No, you don't get a, a trophy because you participate. You get a trophy when you win. Yeah. Or come very close to it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think that there are very many people who are doing the things that you're doing to, like you say, set their children up for success, because Mm -hmm. then you get these children that are in like the 18 to 25 age range, which, you know, I I know I didn't think this when I was 25, but 25 is still a baby. Yes. (laughs) 25 was the first time I was like, I was at my 25th birthday party in New York. My, my friends threw me a surprise um, dinner and that was the first time I felt like, damn, I can't fuck up anymore. Like, mess up, <laughs> it's on me. If I don't do something right, it's on me. Now mm-hmm. the utility's got to be in my name. Now mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to have to drive myself and be in charge of whether I live or I die. That mm-hmm. right there, driving. When I was, I got my license when I was 28 or 29. Because I said, there's no need for me to get a license living in New York. Mm-hmm. There's no need for me to get a license being in Philly. And I said, I'm not getting a license until I have kids. And so when I was pregnant with Anya, I was like, okay, now I got to go back down south, um, get a license, get a car, uh, get a house, work some jobs that I probably won't like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really... I was running away from the fact that I had to be in charge of Chantal. Yeah. I had my brothers if I wanted to go somewhere. I had my uncle. I had whoever I was talking to to take me somewhere. Mm -hmm. If I was at school in college and I left one of my notebooks at home, I would call and be like, hey, can you go by the house and get my notebook and bring it to me? You want me to drive Mm -hmm. up? Okay, yes, I do. (laughs) And they would bring it to me and I'm just like, I was so, I'm not saying I was, I wasn't spoiled, but I knew who to ask certain things to. So they won't tell me no. Yeah. And that is, is, is bad for children and teens and young 20 people because you never know when someone won't tell you no. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And even, even being, um, as independent that I was, as I was, because I, I was, I graduated high school at 16. I was moved out at 17. I was married at 19. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I really did late was college because I graduated from high school and I took some time off 
from school and things like that just mm-hmm. to get my household right and have a job and things like that. But even as stable as I was, I knew that I had that comfort, you know, that security blanket there mm-hmm. where if I called my my father or my father-in-law or even having my husband there, because this is a lot of, like, he stopped me from doing a lot of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you know that you have that security blanket and you don't realize how much you use it until you make the decision to say, I'm actually going to be independent and, uh, you know, independent mover and thinker. Mm -hmm. And then you look back and you're like, well, dang, like I, I really did have a lot of tools at my, a lot of resources at my disposal Mm -hmm. that kept me from having to make the tough decisions because I knew I always had something that was going to clean up, clean up after me if I did the wrong thing, you know? So it's, I mean, it's a difficult, uh, it's a difficult thing simply because, and now he's going to start barking. I knew I should have put him in his kennel. Um, (laughs) It's a difficult thing because you have, you have to let kids know that you're there for them. Yeah but you also have to do the things that are, is going to make them strong and independent when they need to be. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, very fine line, but I feel like a lot of families they're, they're, they're so toxic and like they have these generational curses and these circles that can't be unbroken, that they don't have the tools to teach their children how to be anything, you know, productive or how to um, just how to come at life, you know, in a way that's healthy. Like I can't teach you how to be healthy if I'm not healthy, if if there's something intrinsically wrong with me. So I think that that's like one of the biggest obstacles, especially in the black community, because we have so many generational curses that don't seem to be anywhere near being broken. Mm-hmm. that just get perpetuated over and over and over again yeah and it's like how do you come back from that how do you raise a whole new generation of people who are going to be able to stop this particular horrible toxic thing that we do to ourselves when you just don't have the tools and the resources to to help anybody through that well I tell you this you gotta do it your way you gotta do it different like I took my butt to therapy Mm, um, I want to say I went for like eight months because mm, I got tired of walking around with other people's um, shit on my back Yeah, in order to allow other people to live a life of discomfort illusion and I got Mm. tired of being angry at people that I um, I loved but I'm angry because I don't feel like you showed up the in my life the way you were supposed to show up. Yeah. And yep. um, I realized that I was being very short with my kids because if 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 the real reason on why I'm upset from this morning has festered and it gotten to the point of now I'm cooking and you just did something childlike because you are a child and now it's all over the floor and I'm mad. My anger and my voice and my uh, my strength 
is going to be from this morning's anger, not this instant. And I kept finding myself just really be on 10 when all this instance needed with this child right here is like a one. Yeah. And I was like, no, I was like, this is coming from somewhere else. Um, I was tired of like really going, wanting to go at next and follow people in traffic because they did something stupid, like cut me off or, Mm -hmm. um, just not paying attention. I'm just really like on 10 and I'm just like, what is going on? And I was like, let me take myself to therapy. And I just talked to this lady that felt like someone's older auntie. And people have this illusion that therapy is supposed to fix you. Therapy doesn't (laughs) fix you. Therapy is basically a complete stranger listening to you with an unbiased opinion about Mm -hmm. what you're talking about and the people you're talking about and giving you mental tools that you can use without them to find solutions. And then once you get to a point where you've practiced these mental tools enough to not need to come back as often um, or see them as often, you'll be fine. It's not saying you, once you go to therapy, you're doomed. You go in there until the casting job. No, you're going to therapy until you don't need to anymore. And you can right. solve your problems by yourself. And, yeah. and that's what it was for me. And I welcomed um, Anya going to therapy when Arya's, uh, my youngest um, daughter's dad and I broke up and it turned into like a domestic issue Mm -hmm. and they were really close and she heard it and she Uh, um day in and day out she saw me go to court probably like over 20 times with mm -hmm. him and I still was trying to keep keep it where he can still visit with Aunt Aria at the time and see Aria and get Aria and it was just really weird and um she was having issues where she did she felt like it was unfair that Arya gets to go with him and she doesn't. Oh. Or he only picks up Arya and he doesn't pick her up or he doesn't talk to her yeah. anymore and legally I can't do this and they're used to doing this and it was just really awkward like even now where he'll come get Arya and drop her off or they'll FaceTime I could see that she she wants to talk to him. Mm-hmm. She wants to hug on him. Um, she wants to understand like what is okay now. Yeah. But she's not verbalizing it because she doesn't know if she, she can or she's supposed to, or mm-hmm. that's not my dad, so I can't do that anymore. So um, I mean, and I and because that's not her dad, I can't say, Oh, you need to do this with Anya. That's not my place. If you like mm-hmm. to, you can, but um, I just have to watch that slowly creep back. But yeah. it's, it's weird. But with kids, you just have to be open to the fact that you won't have all the answers. And yes. you're not going to be able to guard them from everything. But you have to acknowledge everything. Absolutely. So like that parenting style of, oh, you are right. Just go outside and go play. That's yeah. Not That's not me at yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and it's, it's that is so... <sighs> The sweeping things under the rug yeah it doesn't do anything for anybody it just teaches your child how to be emotionally unavailable mm-hmm. you know it's like you they 
they do wind up going through their whole lives. Um, my husband is like that. Like mm-hmm. he, he, he can totally act like not, I don't say act like, cause really I don't, he, his, his heart beats so slow. I don't know if these things really <laughs> just do not bother him, oh, but for him, like he can go through something and I was looking at him in horror. Like that is so traumatic. That's mm-hmm. terrible. And he's just like, oh, well, you know, it is what it is. You, Yeah, I have, a, I, have you know? a, I have a brother where he he's like my mom whenever a problem comes up or a child is crying or a child hurts themselves. He just freezes up. He doesn't know how to comfort or console or mm-hmm. um, I don't know. She, she hit her head. Oh, <laughs> sir, you got, you got daughters, sir. I'm going to need you to go right. and do your thing. But even with that, because his personality is so like my mom, he just, any type of drama is a shutdown. Yeah. Any type of issue is a shutdown. So it's like super important that people are aware that you have to show up in a different way when it involves mm-hmm. kids because they need to understand how they can show up for another kid as they get older eventually in mm-hmm. the way that they're supposed to. Because like you said, if you are emotionally unavailable and your mom was an emotionally unavailable there's no way that you can show this person over here what they need exactly there's no way exactly and I mean I think that our generation is getting better with like you said going to therapy finding it okay for our children to go to therapy Mm -hmm. and they don't even really they don't even really have to go through this like traumatic experience for it to be helpful sometimes they just need a way to get things out and know that, hey, it's okay for me to have this dialogue. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that's something that like baby boomers and gen- generations before us, they didn't really understand the value mm-hmm. of getting things out and being able to use your words, being able to express when something is not right or doesn't sit right with you without yeah. being violent or temperamental being Mm -hmm. able to kind of sit that's one of the things I feel like happened right in my family is Mm -hmm. like a a lot of people how they say oh you know kids shouldn't be in grown folks business or like send the kid away when they're having conversations that sort of thing Mm -hmm. my family did not do that like I was Mm -hmm. right there in the dining room at the table with everybody when they were having conversations and working through things and talking about you know sorry situations Mm -hmm. and I feel like that that helped me in my communication skills that's why I communicate so well today because I was never baby like my mom with me it it wasn't no vajayjay Mm -hmm. or you know none of those cute little words that people I got pop in the mouth I said I said who (laughs) used the toilet Arya was like Anya did I said Anya did you use the toilet not flush yes I said so. I, I said I hope your vagina falls off because you know, <laughs> like I'm very out with it because exactly. they need because to know exactly. 
because you cannot then you raise children it's absolutely true what they say when they say like catholic schoolgirls be the wildest and the preacher's kids be the wildest because mm-hmm. they're so sheltered they get out into the world and everything just looks like sparkly unicorn pee yeah and they try everything until they drive themselves into a hole. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you have a child and you actually let them experience things and let them communicate you with about those experiences, when they get mm-hmm. out into the world, all of this ain't nothing to them because their mother already told them, their father already told them what to expect, what this right. is, what's the real deal. And then when you become adult, like me, my mom did all that. My father did all that. My my grandmother, my brother, everybody did all that. Then when I got out into the world, when I turned 17, 18, I decided I wanted to raise hell and I just did it. But I had all the information that I needed to mm-hmm. make these decisions. And so I think it's just, um, it, it's a double-edged sword. It can be, it can be too much and it can be not enough. Yeah, but when your parents impose upon you uh, values that might not even be important to you, mm-hmm. you can find yourself lost, and that that's not a great feeling. Because I've I've been there, mm. <laughs> and it's it is a terrible feeling. So, what advice do you have for any um, young adult or someone who is probably becoming like a first time parent, and they're like? drowning in um guilt or imposter syndrome like you said earlier that they're not going to be able to do it right because their parent was that parent that was you know with the parental syndrome i would say the biggest the biggest thing is to get out of your own way Mm -hmm. and get out of your child's way Mm. the the biggest the biggest part of a parent-child relationship mm-hmm. is going to be communication. And if you are stifling your child's communication mm-hmm. and you're not allowing them to give you clues and let you know what they need from you, yeah, then you're you're going to close them out. And that's going to that's going to create a tear in the relationship. Mm-hmm. It's going to bring resentment and you know all of these kinds of harsh feelings so you have to allow your child that gateway of open communication and i don't mean just conversation and talking but allow them to have their own like you said creative outlets mm-hmm. allow them to tell you what they need from you if they need to talk to somebody if they need to exercise listen to them hear them mm-hmm. and and let them have that communication with you if they want to do something, if they have that communication with you and they tell you that they want to do something that's unhealthy to themselves or someone else, then yes, mm-hmm. of course, you want to talk to them about that situation and work through it. But if you have a child who is telling you, hey, I want to do this a different way. I maybe want to be an entrepreneur. Maybe your child comes to you and says, I want to go on to teespring.com and make some t-shirts and yeah. see who buys them allow that communication Mm -hmm. and then once you like if you know better if you know okay so Susie is not just going to go on to teespring.com and create some t-shirts nobody is going to buy them if she Mm -hmm. doesn't market her product find a healthy way to express to your child that you have valuable input Mm -hmm. because I think that that's another thing that parents do is they condescend and they talk down to their children yes 
I'm going to close my ears to that. Yeah. Completely. I don't care. I, I would close my ears to that at 7, 17 <laughs> or 37. Like, it, it does not matter. Thanks. So find a healthy way to let your child know that you have lived your life and you have experience with something mm-hmm. as opposed to wagging your finger at them because nobody is going to receive that information. Yeah, I agree with that because I'm really big on telling my kids my failures. Especially like with Anya, she's in first grade, but um, I've been teaching her um, third grade math and she's really good at it. Like she does it when she's bored, which is surprising because nice. I hated it. Yeah. But I tell her like all the time, I said, I was horrible at math. It, I was so horrible at math that it got to a point where like sixth, seventh grade, I would just draw on the borderline of my paper and not put my name. And my teacher <laughs> yeah. like, all right, Chantal, this must be your paper. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, yes, it's mine. It seems like, you know, you didn't even get through 50% of the page. I didn't because I knew that timer was going to go off. And I was like, you know what? Forget it because I'm going to get them wrong anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That was me as a kid. And I wanted, I want her to know like, man, if you get something wrong, it's not the end of the world. But if you don't try, you'll never know. And mm-hmm. I had a mom where if she saw me leave math for like the last thing for my homework and she didn't get it and I didn't get it and I was getting frustrated and I had the water marks on the paper that's messing up the paper. She would be mm-hmm. like, oh, let me just write a note on it and tell your teacher she didn't understand and I didn't understand and don't worry about it, just go to bed. I don't mm-hmm. have that parent because my yeah. mom made me feel like it's okay for me not to challenge myself my mom yeah. made me feel like it's okay for me not to try and I all I needed was like some parent to sign it and I'll be like okay and um so I push her but not in a way of pushing her like you can't have fun um you know you're on punishment so do work I don't want that to be her punishment but I want her to be so prepared before the grade comes up that she's going to be in that she mm-hmm. doesn't feel defeated. Yeah. I don't want yeah. her to feel defeated. So I introduced things to her early. Like you said, um, baby and your kids. I never talked to Anya in a baby way. I talked to her like a grown mm-hmm. adult all the time. Mm-hmm. That's yep. why she, that's why she was like spelling her name and spelling my name at three. She was uh, writing and reading at uh, four and five. And I just mm-hmm. been like on her because I know she could do it. I know she's capable of it. And I also know that her and her sister are different. So Ari's mm. completely opposite. Ari's like, girl, I know you're trying to do these sight words, but let me show you this dance real quick. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> it's not time to dance. I was like, you got to sit down and we got to go over these words. We going over like the countries and the cities and stuff. And she was like, Utah. <laughs> mom let me tell you something <laughs> I'm just like no <laughs> but you know they're they're different but they're um when Anya's learning she wants to if Anya's mm-hmm. not there she's in like la la land but I know I yeah. have, I have to completely separate her from the mix in order for yeah. her to pay attention so that's just just her so I'm teaching them differently um Anya's more independent Arya's like you have to be on top of her so that's gonna be slightly difficult but I think as a parent 
it's important for you to know that your kids are different. And just because you learned a different way doesn't mean it's going to work for your kids and mm-hmm. part of not pushing you on your kids. So you're absolutely right about that. Yeah. And, and you gotta, as a parent, I, I feel weird saying this because I don't have children, but I've raised 13 nieces and nephews. Yeah. But you and can't say, cause you observe children and you've been around <laughs> it. You've been in it. Yeah. They- they're all alive. So I think I did okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you, as a parent, you have to learn to read the room. Yes. Because children, first of all, children are going to, they're going to mirror whatever you're giving them, mm-hmm. whatever attitude or energy or aura you're giving them. They're going to mirror that right back because they're sponges. All they know how to do is take what you give them and give it back to you yeah so that's one thing and then another thing is you have to learn the best communication style that your child responds to because everybody is going to respond to things differently yeah. and for me i just find it mystifying that people think that i don't they i don't know it's like they think children are like half of a person or less than a person this it's they're small but they're mm-hmm. still a human being they still have the same wants and needs that you have as a fully grown adult. They just, you just have to be sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, you can, you can, you can break a kid. Like <laughs> you, you don't have to be physically abusive to break your child or to yeah. have them kind of short circuit somewhere along the line. So I, it's really, really important, especially like I see the way that you are raising your girls and mm-hmm. the way that you interact with them. Mm -hmm. And to me, it really looks like, you know, it looks like fun slumber party, but it also looks like two girls who really trust that their mother Mm -hmm. has their very best interests at heart. Mm -hmm. You can tell when a child is like skittish and they don't know, they really don't know what's going to happen from moment to moment. Mm -hmm. And a child who is just so comfortable in their parent comfortable with their parent that they can just kind of be at ease and be a kid and they know that parent is going to intercept and block mm-hmm. anything that's going to disturb that yeah even if it's only in their adolescence and so like I have nothing you know I love your two wild babies girl um, come get them <laughs> like hey I'll come get them if I can bring them back that's the best part um but I, I feel like it's just uh it's so it's it's so refreshing to see the way that you're raising them. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus, this dog. Sorry, y'all, doggy. <laughs> um, it's it's refreshing to see the way that you're raising them because you can tell that it's a really healthy dynamic. Yeah. I um I try my best for the girls to understand that they're safe and I have them. And mm-hmm. um yes, mommy has fun, but mommy also knows how to use the leathers if she needs to right (laughs) um yes you know mommy has fun and we can go to the park and stuff but mommy also keeps her gun in the front and you Mm -hmm. don't you don't come up here you know right and um that's one thing I would say was missing for me as a little girl with my mom is me feeling safe I never felt protected because my mom will always freeze up in confrontation Mm -hmm. or, or challenge so I try my my best to be that but I also try my best to not always be like um 
did I feed you? Do you have clean clothes? Do you have a house? Yeah. Did the bills? Did you go to school? Did I pick you up? Did I um, make sure you have toys? But did you tell me you love me today? Did you hug on yeah. me today? Were you gentle with me today? Did you let me speak today? Did you um, allow me to speak or did you cut me off? Like, I'm mm-hmm. always mindful of, you know, sorry, let me let you speak. Oh, I thought you was going to say this and that gives like Anya, especially she'll tell me like, you know, when I get in trouble with you, I don't tell you everything I did right away because I don't want you to be mad at me. And I was like, girl, I was like, if I'm already <laughs> upset, that is your best time to tell me everything. Because if I find out something later that you was hiding, yeah. I'm going to be really upset. And she was like, well, you know, yesterday when I was cooking um, the quesadilla and I was like, yeah, she was like, I burnt myself, but I'm okay. It's on my finger. And I went to pick up the pot and I put the pot on your seat and it burnt your seat a little bit. Here it is. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, okay. Oh, like, so we just gonna chill on you cooking because she's in this phase where she wants to be more independent and cook and clean mm-hmm. and know how to cook mm-hmm. these. But I'm just like, girl, not if you ruin in my uh, cushion seats. So, right. <laughs> um, but I'm glad she told me. I'm not mad that she did that because she, she just did it in, in a panic, but mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't want them ever to feel like they can't tell me something because I'm going to yeah. explode too early or premature or all of this. So, um, yeah. it's all balance. It's all balance and checking myself all the time. And even if I blow up or I get mad and I punish them afterwards, I explain to them the why, because I think yeah. we came from a generation, if we got disciplined Nobody told us the why. It was like, our our type of sorry for my parents was like, you hungry? There's food on the table for you. Yeah. No, I need an <laughs> apology. I would like right. an apology. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. I'm, really, I'm really good at apologizing if I was wrong or or um, just pausing a little bit and just reflecting on like, you know what? you really went ham on that that was completely necessary unnecessary I'm just like dang right (laughs) you know and I I I really backtrack on that but that's what I I feel like I'm supposed to do as a mom and I'm very honest even like let's say if her dad falls short I'm not gonna bash her dad in front of her like she knows she's old enough to know like you know what? My dad really doesn't do everything my mom does. Hmm. And you see that in their conversation because they don't know how to talk to each other. Yeah. So, um, you know, parental syndrome, I get it. I understand it. I'm down with it. Hi, doggy. You all up in the mix. Yes. That's like a real kid. This is my quarantine. (laughs) Her dog has been right there by her as if I'm inviolating (laughs) having this recording what's up he is like and he is so finicky because we got him we literally got him at the beginning of everything of COVID-19 so we Mm -hmm. got him in like I want to say March and then April everything shut down so he does not do people Mm. noises sounds cars none of that stuff (laughs) so now I gotta do a whole reboot on this puppy he will not he's got all kinds of stuff going on. He, child, don't get me started. But he's cute. <laughs> yeah, he's cute. I um, everybody's like, you know what? You should get the girls a dog. I said, you know what? 
a dog right now is like a third kid and I cannot. I cannot. It is a lot. Mm-mm. It's definitely a lot. The only reason why he works for me right now is because um, me and Derek are on opposing shifts. Mm-hmm. So when I'm coming home, basically he's just left. Mm-hmm. so we have like somebody to take him out and things like that and somebody's here with him in the day and then at night but oh yeah God. it's a lot girl especially if you got a full-time job and kids i i wouldn't have a dog to think about i'm just like sign <laughs> me up for this adulting stuff but you know right i i say this every time every time i come home with that long walmart receipt i'm just like please let these kids grow up to be great people and make this worth it <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, because that's what it is. Um, thank you for coming on the show today. Any last words you want to give the people and remind the people where to catch your show and the name of your show, please? Absolutely. So you can catch me on your favorite place to listen to podcasts. So I'm on uh Spotify, I'm on Apple Music. Um and I, now I'm on Audible. It's weird. Yeah. But I'm also <laughs> I'm also on Audible now. That was news to me Amazon. the other day. Um, exactly. But I that is at um, I'm at Instagram at grown ass folk no s podcast. Yes. Um. And yeah, listen in. We we get wild and crazy over there. I love it. I'm a, um definitely catch it and post them and I'll have all your acts in the description when I post but thank you for coming on cozy womb you're welcome back anytime as long as the topic can be used for parents and uh kid like things and I would like to have you on she gets a podcast also but we will chat about that absolutely yeah I've been I've been looking forward to that invite because I'll be having something to say every episode okay commentary be real (laughs) okay so we'll still we'll work i'll work on that i'll work on that but thank you for coming to cozy room and uh we will check you guys later thank you guys for listening bye bye bye